Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. And so I would encourage you to, to look at that. There will be some of those verses up on the screen. It's so good to see uh, people in person, i got to say. Speaking to a camera for eight or nine months was, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a challenge, and I'm really glad you're listening by, by uh, Internet, but uh, I'm so glad to have a, a group of people to speak, uh, speak to directly. So uh, this, this is good. Well, today we're continuing our series called Forks in the Road. Uh, there are, will be times on your Christian journey where you will come to a fork in the road, uh, and you'll have to choose which way to take. One path will take you forward in your spiritual journey, and one path will sideline you. The fork that we're going to take a look at today is um, familiar to many of you. It's, in a sense, uh, you've probably heard of it, uh, it has many labels, uh, but they all describe kind of the same fork. It's called lordship, or absolute surrender, or a place of consecration, or dedicating our lives to, to, to God. Whatever you call it, it means that you're choosing to do what God said and follow where he leads. Now, I get that this goes against our culture, right? Uh, the biggest value in our culture is I get what to do what I want to do. That's our biggest value. The autonomy of self is, is what that's called. And that's why Jesus is so countercultural, because uh, when we follow Jesus, we're saying, Jesus, I'm going to do what you want me to, to do. Um, if you become a Christian, then, then you've encountered this fork already, somewhat. It's kind of you know, you, you see the path, and the first fork, of course, is that, um, is that of your salvation, because when you become a follower of Jesus, you say, Lord, I give you my life, I'm choosing to believe in you, and I'm choosing to follow you, so, so you've already made, veered off, and you're, you're following Jesus. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Uh, there is a sense which Jesus must be Lord for you even to become a Christian. But you know, when we first enter the faith, you know, we, we, we take a look at it and, and we have a sense that it's good, but we don't have a whole lot of background in who Christ is. We, we know that he died to pay the penalty for our sins, and that we, if we ask us to forgive us of our sins uh, and ask us to come into our lives, he's going to do that. He's going to come into our lives. That kind of faith releases grace and it causes you to save, uh, uh, causes you to be saved. You're saying, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Essentially, we make Jesus Lord over the sin of our lives. Lord, you take my sin and give me your purity. And, and that's good. That's that's the initial stage of, of walking with Jesus. But as you walk with Jesus for a while, we find out that there's more than being to the Christian life than we have experienced at the beginning. We start, we start to, to realize that Jesus wants us to be, follow him 
and have him in our life more than just to be Lord of our sin. He wants to be Lord of our lives. You know the, the title Lord is used to describe Jesus more than any other title in uh, Scripture? As we mature in our faith, we, we find this, tit- uh, this title for Jesus has some very practical meanings for us. Your Christian journey will eventually bring you to this fork in the road where you're asked to take a path where you follow Jesus wherever he leads. That path you choose, the path that you choose will dictate the quality of your Christian life. It'll dictate the quality of your life, really. See, if you want the abundant life that Jesus promised, if you want a life that has peace and joy and is full of love, If you want the spiritual power that brings life and and life to the full, if if you want the strength of God in times of trouble, then you need to take the path that follows Jesus. You will not reap the full benefits of following Jesus unless, of course, you follow Jesus. Make sense? But I've watched, watched a lot of people who get to this fork in the road and then they start to hover. And they hover, and eventually they set up camp there. Um, and it's a miserable place to be. Because they get to this place, in the, their fork in the road, and, and, and they're too Christian to be, feel comfortable in the world. They're, they're, they, they, they have enough of God that uh, they just don't feel comfortable doing the things that are not of God, and when they do it, they feel guilty, and, and, uh, and they hover there. But, but they're not uh, willing to follow Jesus down the path um, towards lordship, and so they, they hover there. And so, so it's actually, uh, they, they don't get the benefits of, of real life and joy and peace, and so they camp here, and it's the worst of both worlds. Um, it's the worst of both worlds because... Yeah. You're not enjoying the pleasures of the world for a season, and you're, you're not enjoying your, your faith either. There's some of you who are considering whether to become a Christian. The Bible says, count the cost. Good thing to do. Following Jesus is the best way to live life. I'm convinced of it, but don't take it in half measures. If you have your Bibles to open to Mark chapter 8, you heard the story read. Jesus asked his disciples, who are people saying that I am? Now, some are saying, you're, you're Elijah or John the Baptist. And Jesus asked them, you know, who do you say I am? And uh, Peter answered, saying, you're the Messiah. You're the Christ. You're the one that Scriptures has told about us about that, that we're actually uh, going to get to to see, then, then Jesus talks about how he's going to be rejected and eventually killed, but then that he would rise again. Then Peter comes to him and says, Jesus, come on over here for a second. Come on over here. Jesus, you can't say things like that. You know, you, you, you just can't tell us that, that you're, you're going to die. You know, that, that's, that is not the, the positive message that we want to portray here. You're getting your branding all wrong, is, is, is what he's saying. Mark chapter 8, verse 33. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the 
the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. Yeah, I love Peter. Like, Peter barges ahead and says the things that many of us think. Um, Somewhere before this time, Peter had seen the miracles, he'd heard the teachings of Jesus, and like all the people around him, he, he was absolutely astounded and amazed. He saw the fish that just uh, swarmed his net when Jesus said, cast your, your net over, over on the side of the boat. The Spirit of God had moved in his heart. So when Jesus asked the question, who do you say that I am? Well, the Spirit of God had already been at work. So Peter says, well, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of the living God. Yeah. You're, you're, you're great. You're the one who God has talked about. And Jesus says, right answer, good going. You win the prize. And you know that because God told you. That's the Spirit of God. Some of you understand Peter's answer well. For you've had the Spirit of God work in your heart. He has shown you who Jesus really is. That he's more than just a man. He's more than than just a good guy who lived a couple of thousand years ago. You've come to see Jesus Christ as Messiah, the Son of God. God become human. You've come to see Jesus for who he is. He came into the world to save those who were lost. And if Jesus were to ask you, well, who do you say that I am? You You would answer, well, Jesus... You're the God of the universe. You became a man and that we might have a right way, uh, have, might have a way to God. And he, goes, he would also say to you, good answer. The Spirit of God has been at work in your life and, and he's shown you that answer. No one comes to the Father except the Father draws him. The Spirit of God has been drawing you and he's shown you who I really am. All right. Back to our story, Mark 8. Well, Jesus goes on to plainly talk to his disciples about death. He was going to be crucified. He was going to be killed. And then after he died, he was going to be raised back to life again. The disciples understood that they lived in dangerous times. They knew that they were making enemies in high places. So when Jesus starts to talk about the fact that Government's going to kill them. They start to get frightened. Peter gets frightened. Peter pulls Jesus aside and says, Lord, you don't know how to handle your followers. You you need to be more positive. Think positively. What you're saying is a real downer to us. We want to hear more about the kingdom of God and how we're going to rule with you. That's what we want to hear. You're not going to die. You're going to find a way around this. Like, you're Jesus after all. When you come to the fork in a road, there's an exit that's called Peter. Jesus sums up this path well when he says to Peter, get me behind me, Satan. Satan hasn't possessed Peter. But Peter is impeding the work that God wants to do. And by doing that, he's doing the work of Satan. Jesus sums up the path of Peter by by saying, you do not have in mind the things of God, but 
merely human concerns. That is, in a nutshell, the road to Peter. Spirit of God has worked in our lives. We know who Christ really is. But the path that Peter puts the things that matter to us above the things that matter to God. And when you put your own plans and priorities ahead of God's plans and priorities, when you, when you go your own way instead of God's way, you're traveling the road of Peter. And when you do that, you impede the work of God, for sure in your own life, but maybe in the life of those around you as well. You need to understand this. The choice not to follow the path of lordship is working against God. It earned Peter a stern rebuke. Now, you come to that fork in the road and you see the road of Peter. You look down the other path and you see the other road. The road to following Jesus. And Jesus is beckoning you down this trail. Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever wants to lose their life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it if someone gains the whole world but forfeits their soul? What can anyone give you in exchange for your soul? If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. In other words, a, a person must put God's ways ahead of their own ways. They deny their own selves, their own plans, in favor of God's plans. They deny their own priorities in favor of God's priorities. That's what lordship means. You're choosing God's way over your way. It means that when there's a conflict between what you want and what God wants, you deny yourself and you choose the things of God. Now, following Jesus changes what we value and how we live our lives. Jesus said, when you follow me, you're going to need to take up your cross. Not a really comforting symbol. Now, there's a lot of misunderstanding about what it means to take up your cross. Some people say, well, I'm sick, and that's my cross to bear. Or I have this job and this horrible boss, and that's my cross to bear. That's not what the cross is. The cross is following Jesus and living with the fallout that comes from that. Your cross is living out the gospel and living with the cost of that. For Jesus to follow God met, literally meant a cross. For us, it's somewhat different. And each of our crosses are different. You know, living out the gospel in the middle of a family that does not know God is, is very different than living out the gospel in the middle of a family that does know God. One's much more complicated than the other. Living out the gospel, um, the message of love, the message of reconciliation, message of integrity at school, at home, at work, um, 
That's your cross. Some of you have really light crosses. Some of you have really heavy crosses. If you're a Christian in Afghanistan right now, taking up your cross might get you killed. When we, when we take up, up the cross, we, we live out the gospel and, and we do what Jesus wants, and the consequences of that are what it means to take up the cross. The cross is following God, living with the consequences of following God in every situation in our life. As a Christian, you're, you're going to have to choose Jesus' path or Peter path, Peter's path. You're, you're going to have to choose either the path that has the things of God in mind or human concerns in mind. And the path that has the things of God instead of the things of, of us, the ways of God, that'll lead you into life. You know, if you think you can gain life by trying to grab all the stuff you can get, Jesus says, you know, if you try to hold on to that kind of life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for me and, and the gospel, you're, you're going to find it. You're going to save it. You know, you can do all the things that you need to do to, to get all the things that everybody struggles after. But if you have to give up your soul to do that, Jesus says, that's no bargain. You want your interior life to be full of life. Because when it comes right down to it, that's what matters. Jesus says, be careful what path you choose. You find that one path leads to death, spiritual sickness. The more you hang on to your way, the more real life will elude you. But when you follow God's agenda rather than your own agenda, you're going to find life. Verse 35, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of my favorite theologians, was a man who said when, when Jesus bids a man come, he bids him come and die. Jesus knows that it's not only, it's only when people die themselves that they can really, really live. And I know that that seems counterintuitive. But over my life, I've learned to ask myself this question. Is it more likely that I will be filled with joy and with love and with peace, that I'll experience true and, and abundant life if I follow the way of my own heart or if I follow God's way. I've looked at God, my own heart. It has a way of leading me astray. And it feels good for a season to do the things you want to do. But then you end up in this place where, oh, yuck. That's not who I want to be. I found when I asked that question with the long view in mind, the the answer keeps on coming up. 
the way to have real life, true life, abundant life, a life full of love and joy is following Jesus. Now, many of you know what it means to stand at that fork and, and look down the, both roads. You've seen Jesus call to lordship, and, and you, you felt, yeah, you should go down that way. And you felt the tug of, of going your own way, doing what you want to do. And today, you have that decision again. Follow the way of Jesus or follow the way of Peter. I wanted to have you look a little farther down the road of Jesus and see what you're getting into. If you choose to say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Yeah, you're Lord of everything. He will receive that choice, and he says, oh, that is awesome, come follow me. And you'll walk together, and there'll be good and pleasant fellowship. You'll find that uh, you'll travel with him, and that you'll te- he'll teach you about himself. But every so often, you come up to these little forks in the road, and there'll be kind of an offshoot of the road that you're on. At those forks, Jesus will say, you know, you said you gave me everything. I am Lord of what you have and who you are and what you do. Now, let's focus on the specifics for a moment. Will you give me this part of your life? And then you're given a choice as to whether to confirm that choice you made initially. Yeah, Jesus, you're Lord. I'm going to follow you or whether you're going to renege on your commitment to Christ and go off and wander, that road will lead you into a dry land. It just does. Christ will go through the field of your life, if you would like, and ask you and give you the power to remove the boulders that are there, that grudge that you've carried for years. He'll ask you to remove it. Replace it with love and forgiveness. The sin that you've just tried to ignore. Say, you know, it's time to deal with that. The boulders of money or time or consistency will be asked about. And each time he asks you, he says, yeah, you have the choice. Which way you're going to go. Should you not choose to deal with this, you'll, you'll, you'll end up taking the road of Peter. But here's the good news. Jesus knows you can't lift boulders. He knows how strong you are. So he is going to come alongside of you. And he doesn't say, oh, we're going to clear the whole field right now. No, what he says is, that boulder, with me. I'm going to do the heavy lifting, but are you with me? Will you put your shoulder behind this to shove it off the field? The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You and him together, it's doable. There's some of you who have made Jesus Lord of your life, and when it came to the specifics, you took the off-ramp. The way to get back on the path again, you used to go back there and say, Lord, will you give me the strength? There's some of you who are at that initial fork and you look down the path and you see one of the boulders and you know God sooner or later is going to ask you to deal with something and 
you put off with dealing, and you, you know that he is going to ask you about, but you cherish that thing. So you've been trying to put the decision off. Problem is, is that life keeps on moving on, and a no decision is a decision for the path of Peter. I, I want you to know that Jesus gave his all for you, and he did it because he loves you, and he loves you, and he wants the best for you. So he loves you enough to ask you to do the hard things that will be, in the long run, the good things. So let me give you some travel tips um, as you follow Jesus. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him take up his cross. Jesus isn't going to take you to any place that he hasn't been. He's already there. You're going to come after him. He's walking the path ahead of you. He's actually clearing the road. He'll make it possible. You need to know that Jesus is the trailblazer, and you will be all right if you follow in his path. Second tip, if you're going to follow Jesus, get to know the real Jesus. Some people think that, ah, Jesus is just a killjoy, uh, that he's just going to lead you down hard paths and difficult roads just because, well, that's who he is. Some people think that Jesus sets out to make our life difficult. But that's not who Jesus is. Some people think that Jesus isn't concerned with, you know, the details of our lives, but he is. Some people have a false Jesus, a Jesus who doesn't care about sin, or, and they just think, oh, I can go do whatever I want to do. But that's not who he is either. You need to get to know the real Jesus. The Jesus who joined in parties and had these great celebrations with people, and yet the Jesus who was ready, ready to give some biting criticism to hypocrisy. The, the Jesus who, who led his, his, his disciples out up onto the Mount of Transfiguration, he saw these grand visions of, uh, and heard the voice of God. And then the Jesus who led his disciples into the Garden of Gethsemane, where they agonized with him, kind of. See, if all you have is a one-dimensional Jesus, you'll have a one-dimensional faith and a one-dimensional path. And you can't walk on a one-dimensional path. It just doesn't work. The reason why so many people have trouble with the lordship of Jesus is that they really don't get who Jesus is. The fact that he's full of compassion and love. The fact that he wants the very, very, very best for you. Third tip is focus on what you're gaining, not on what you're losing. Yeah, you have to deny yourself sometimes. Yeah. You can focus, oh, yeah, I had to give that up, and I had to give that up. You can focus on that. Or if you set your minds on the things above, you'll start to see those things being realized in your life. There are some of you who need to say, God, all of who I am, all of what I have, all of what I hope to be is yours. I choose to follow you. You are Lord. You're Lord of my life. The question is, will you choose that? 
you're giving up some things to find a better thing. There was a man walking through the desert. He had been walking for a very long time. He'd run out of water, and his canteen was dry, and his lips were parched, and his tongue was dry, and and, and all he could think of was water, water, water. It happened that he stumbled upon this small shack, and one inside the small shack was this one of those old iron pumps. And he thought, awesome, he, he runs up to the pump, and he pumps it, and he pumps it, and he pumps it, and nothing happens. Now he feels thirstier than ever. He slumps down against the wall, looks over to the side, and there he sees a, a can of water, a pitcher of water. On, the, on the, the can, there's this note that says, pour the water into the pump and pump, and you'll, you'll get water. Now he doesn't know what to do. Yeah, there's enough water in the can to quench his thirst, but there won't be enough to fill his canteen. Do I quench my thirst? Do I pour it down the pump? What, what do I do? Do I hang on to what I have, or do I give up what I have in hopes of having a whole lot? He chose to pour the water down the pump, and he primed the pump and pumped, and fresh, cold water came streaming out to quench his thirst then and for the rest of the journey. Do you choose to hang on to what you have, or do you choose to give up what you have to have so much more? Let's pray. Today we're going to walk through a Lordship prayer. If you want to say, Jesus is Lord, I would invite you to pray this prayer with me. It's on the screen. So you can read it silently as I pray it. I hope it expresses your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I need you. And I accept you as my Savior, my Deliverer, and my Lord. Please, Lord Jesus, come now and be Lord over all my life. The Lord the whole of it, every part of it, and every part of me. Lord, this is, is what I truly want and need. Be Lord of my body, my physical health, and how and what I eat, and how and when I exercise, and how and when I rest, and what I look like. Be Lord of my mind and my mental health, and what I think, and what I believe, and what I imagine, and my attitude towards everything. Be Lord of my emotions, how I feel and how I express those feelings. Be Lord of my will, my desire, and all my decisions. Be Lord of my needs and of what I think I need. Be Lord of my sexuality and how I express it. Be Lord of my family and all of my relationships. Be Lord of my human spirit and my spiritual awareness and how I worship. Be Lord of my work for you and in my job and in and around my family home. Be Lord of my time and how I use it. Be Lord of my home and all my possessions. Be Lord of my finances and how I receive and how I give. Be Lord of my plans, my future, and my ambition.
Be Lord of the time and the nature of the death of my body here on this earth. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your blood was shed for me and that I can live and be free from sin and that I may live forever with you. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.